Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello, my name is Gary Mansfield, and this is the Ministry of Arts podcast, where each week I'll be speaking to a different artist. Now let's begin by bagging these bongos. Yeah, right. Crazy. Hello and welcome to episode number 92 of the Ministry of Arts podcast. News alert, news alert. Just before we start this episode, I've got a little bit of news for you. As you're aware, we've been running this podcast for a little over two years. And if you're a regular podcast listener, you may have been aware that this podcast hasn't got any adverts. Most have a couple at the start, in the middle and the end of each episode. We took the decision just over two years ago not to do that. As a result, the financing, recording, editing, production and promotion has all been done by one person. And all of that work and financing has started to take a strain just a little bit. So we've started a Patreon page to try and draw up a little bit of support. And you can do that at the cost of as little as £3 a month, which, well, is pretty much a cup of coffee. There's several different tiers, starting from, as I just mentioned, £3 a month just to support the podcast. There's £5 a month to become a friend of the podcast. There's a VIP where you can get insights as to up-and-coming shows for £6.50 a month. For £15 a month, you can have your own little 20-minute episode over on Patreon. For £17.50 a month, you can get three small canvases that have been signed by or drawn on by the guests. And for £30 a month, you can have your very own bonus episode coming out just like this one you're listening to now which will be aired on iTunes, Spotify, Google, everywhere. So please, if you're able, shoot over to Patreon and have a look. That's www.patreon, which is P-A-T-R-E-O-N, forward slash Ministry of Arts. So as I say, for the price of one cup of coffee per month, you can help these great conversations stay ad-free. 
whilst helping the Ministry of Arts develop and grow. It'd be great if you could, but absolutely no problem if you can't. Either way, thanks for your time, and back to this week's episode. Sorry about that, but at least we've got it out of the way. But anyway, back to this week's episode, episode 92. This week I'm speaking to Abigail Fallis. I've known Abigail for a couple of years, and the intention initially was to record this summer before last outside in the shadow of Abigail's permanent sculpture which is situated on The Line, London which is an art trail that stretches across East London and into South East London but we talk about more of that in this episode Abigail studied silversmithing and metalwork at Camberwell College of Art before moving down to Gloucester where she now lives and works Abigail was shown consistently across Britain including solo shows at galleries including Bow Arts in Cork Street the Trolley Gallery in London and Pangal in London. In 2009, a public sculpture by Abigail was installed in Newcastle-upon-Tyne's 4th Square, the monumental 9-metre-high sculpture that I mentioned earlier. In 2008, she was the first sculptor in residence at Pangal in London, where she went on to have a solo show of her new works, entitled Phallus in Wonderland. How cool is that title? But I don't want to tell you too much of Abigail's story. So sit down, buckle up, and let me introduce you to Abigail Fallis. Because I'm studying uh, my, my teaching diploma, we were, we were going on adult ADHD, Estimate, and yeah. I recognised that person. I recognise all those traits in, in myself, and it's like, oh, I have, I have got ADHD, I, along with 90% of the population nowadays. But, you know, it's... Um, just you you learn to work with it I suppose it's worked worked for me to a degree it works for me in my teaching role because I'm flitting from student to student and you concentrate hard with that person for 10 minutes then you've got to rush off to the next one so in those circumstances it suits me really well and I can focus on each person uh, very well get on with have a million conversations at once with different people and it's all working so for that it, it it yeah it's a benefit. Well, you're saying about you've got traits of ADHD that you've noticed whilst working with the kids. We're of an age, I know we're similar age, that when we was at school, ADHD weren't heard of. It was just the kids who wouldn't shut up. And dyslexia, for instance, was just a kid in the corner who can't spell properly, wouldn't it, you know? What is it you're doing your diploma in, your teaching diploma? It is, um, so I want to... Well, I am teaching in in blacksmithing and metalwork and silversmithing jewellery. So it's, it's basically metalwork. But I want yeah. to, if I, I work in a Steiner College, special ed Steiner College. It's phenomenal. It's, it's, it's like nowhere else, I'd say, because it's a craft-based, practical skills, therapeutic education college where our students come along and learn um, everything from caring for fish we've got a big fish farm it's and everything is biodynamic through to pottery art uh, up with me in the forge and it's a forge up in the woodlands um so it's teaching them about concentration and working in the craft the craft is the secondary the, the 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 primary and fundamental thing they are learning is about being in the environment it's in a valley it's in a forest it's in the woods it's on a farm it's about living in the environment for many of these kids They've, they've never left a, 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 a tower block and, um, yeah. and, and a, a concrete environment. So 
you see the changes you see the changes in months and um it's really beneficial and it's the whole thing sort of of the pedagogic um educational environment which I think a lot more places are taking on now yeah. so it's really sort of the pedagogy of craft and art and education and it's it's learning it's it's almost a, the, the fundamentals in education and teaching that so if I was to label it whatever I'm working in so be it craft or art um, it's it's working in I want to work in special education because you have less students and you have more time to dedicate yeah. to one person it really benefits me as an artist and my practice. And I just am really, really interested in how the minds and brains work um, through education, especially, you know, I've got kids, my son's eight, my daughter's 13. And it's, it's interesting to, it, it's, you know, my students are like, you can't be at college, you're too old doing my <laughs> teaching. And I'm like, lifelong learning. Like, it's like, it's the best thing. I love I love education. Just Excellent. that you, I will always be in it. Yeah. And have you always been into metalwork? I did. I did my degree. Um, I graduated in 1998. So where are we? Nearly 20 That's, years ago. Yeah, a, a millennia ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, uh, and I was doing metalwork then. I've always in, been interested in sort of manipulation of materials. And a sort of metal is a good foundation. So you'd always use a metal in, in a maquette for a sculpture. You'd always do, yeah. use, use your chicken wire. And it's just developing it. And I work in, you know, I just enjoy working in different materials from, from copper. Through, I, was, I spent a lot of time working with bronze. Well, I wasn't really working with it. I was doing the... The, the, the predecessor to the bronze, which is is the wax, or in my case, it was fish bones, fish skeletons, yeah. coating them in wax, and then working with pangolin um, foundry based in um, Chalford in Gloucestershire, um, going through the process. So I left the making of the metal myself and was was working on the structure more. And then now I've come back to the metal again. And although you, you look on my Instagram feed, you're not seeing much metal pieces in there. There's a lot of metal underneath things. But now I'm going to work on a sort of purely sort of yeah. blacksmith handmade exhibition, which I'm hoping will be out next year. Knowing me, it'll be two years, though. So, yeah, <laughs> or three. <laughs> they used to work for an artist called Lynn Chadwick and his son's Daniel Chadwick, a good friend of mine. And Damien... Hurst bought um, Lynn Chadwick's studio in Gloucester in Chalford and Pangolin are next door it's a huge foundry it's one of the biggest foundries in Europe and I mean it's, it's so exciting to go there so I, I did I was obsessed with it for, for, for the time I was there I'm really privileged to be able to work there so I went and met Wee Kingdon who's the owner of Pangolin so I had just graduated from Camberwell in, in metalwork, I was quite a serious metalwork artist. He was and obviously, at the time, living, obviously living in London. So I was in London, and I'd I'd met where would I met? I can't remember where I'd met Dan Dan Chadwick. Damien Hurst introduced him to me at some Brit art party. I'd met them all because I was also living in Devon. So I met Damien and Maya whilst I was living in Devon. I'd moved to my nan's flat in 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 a little village called Coomartin. I'd spent all my Christmas oh, well, I know King Martin. yeah so that's that's where Damien and Maya had moved to 
So funnily enough, there you go. I spend all my time at Art College and everything in London. Then I go to my nan's flat and bump into Damien and Maya in the pub in Coomartin. Um, So, yeah, we'd stay up late playing pool. And then I met Dan Chadwick through Damien. And Dan's friends were setting up BritArt.com at the time. And I was saying, oh, well, I'll put some metal sculptures in. They were like, no, no, they don't want anything like that. So I was like, well, what am I going to do? And Dan said, uh, do anything, do pants, do pants, do, 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 do pants. Okay, so taking it quite literally, I went to this um, army and navy store called Cassie's. Oh, it was such an amazing store. It's proper army. But you don't yeah. get all your clothes and all the army gear was there and there were trunks of Y fronts and as I walked in there was just trunks of these Y fronts <laughs> massive Y fronts I was like they were like 20p each so they were such amazing things I hadn't seen any of these Y fronts so I was picking them up going wow look at so I bought about 50 pairs and um, they must have thought who's this nutter <laughs> and I did a lot of embroidery and applique. I've always sort of done, you know, stitch things and various things. Always, yeah, use my hands and got sort of gone to quite three-dimensional with it. So I then started to applique all the front of these pants with uh, the Union Jack on it. And, and the British uh, Isles. I remember the, them. The British Isles. My name being Phallus was quite good. A yeah. Phallus. So I had that embroidered on the, on the waistband. I cut the back out of them and they looked fantastic. And I mounted them on red. But um, there was one point I had my mum and my aunt and my sisters and cousins, and we were all sat in this flat in Old Street <laughs> stitching these pants. <laughs> <laughs> and, my, and my cousin's boyfriend came in, and she didn't know he didn't know we were there, and they were having a massive argument. And he walked in to all these women stitching pants. Going, oh, don't mind us, Arthur. <laughs> I just um, anyway, you're all fucking mad. <laughs> Ironing the pants. I want to get so, out of this family anyway. <laughs> so, uh, yes, but the pants had a life of their own. They did brilliantly. So that was the irony with those was that Brit Art came up and they were the top seller. So there were a lot of serious artists on that site. Tracy, I mean, Damien, loads and loads. And my my pants were the, 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 the sellout. So um, after all my my hard work and in my metal work and Camberwell, very serious um days I, I then came out and flowered with the Y fronts so that's how I came to fruition so basically I'd made this 3D structure of a, of a pair of Y fronts in silver and I loved it it was beautiful it was, it, was, it was a sculpture in its own right and I had this vision of it sitting on a hill so that you'd walk up to a big hill a bit like Glastonbury Tor and on the top would be this beautiful metal structure which comprised of a huge hoop for the waistband and the two legs and then the Y joining them. So it's, it's, it's a minimalist sculpture on the top, yeah. but then from the other side of the valley, you see a giant pair of Y fronts <laughs> on the hill. And um, Damien was interested. He was, he was going to commission some. So he said, right, I want you to go to meet this guy at Pangolin in Gloucester. I'd never been to Stroud before. And, um, and that's when I met Rungwe and I took in my wire maquette of my pants and he was working for some really massive artist and cast it and there, there I rolled up with me wire fronts. But he loved them because he could see the sculpture yeah, element yeah. in them. It's a bit like the bananas I'm doing now. It's like there's, there's, I've taken a very fun thing in a dark time and it's, it's just a brilliant object and it works and it works in art. And as we know, when I was making these, these banana stacks for the kids yeah. over lockdown, 
I start to look at it, there's there's more to this than just you know a kid's uh, jigsaw. These these look good, and knowing you know how 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 art works and you you on a grand scale, it's like this this will work. And then at the time, then Catalan Maurizio Catalan. Um, pinned the banana to the wall or taped, gaffer taped the banana to the wall just as I was making my banana stacks. And it's like, that's perfect. And his piece was called Comedian. And he sold it for 120 grand um, at the Basel Art Fair. And I was just in love with it. And I'm like, that's so fantastic. And me, the comedian, because I definitely have yeah, the element. So yeah. I, I made mine. I was making all these. I just stuck one of the cardboard bananas, hand painted all of them, stuck one to the wall with gaffer tape. And it's like, oh, my God, it looks amazing. And the kids were like, mum, it's really good. And it's like, <laughs> no, it's, it's good, isn't it? That's great. Just one of those pieces that at the time I was making them. It all looked good. And so, of course, naturally, I called it comedian because oh, yeah, um, nice. it's, it's, it's perfect. So I think, you know, the bananas are my next big big thing really oh, I want to so. do them big I want to make a really big sculpture and you need humor you need to sort of turn around the corner and there you see these giant bananas all stacked up and the world's gone fucking bananas we are <laughs> we're all going bananas and it's the new normal isn't it yeah. so it's like okay yeah so from pants to bananas there's always a there's always going to be a comic element in my life but as as, as talking about a big subject because the pants are all about uh, it was the, the you know Blair's Britain um, and everything was cool and it was a really great time to to be an artist and there was loads of money about and it was all you know spend it like Beckham they were all the slogans of the time but we also knew the underlying um, dark side of all of that yeah, it was, it was all on credit yeah exactly <laughs> you care if you could just buy houses and know, yeah crazy. hence and then the, the state crash. we're in at the moment Absolutely. Have you always been into art? When was your first interest in art? Really, since since I was little. But I didn't come from a, any art backgrounds and nobody in my family had been to art college or university or anything. So um, my dad was a mechanic. My mum was a teacher, uh, nursery teacher. And um, she'd always keep things, you know. So it actually, I've got loads of these little impressions of when... When I was small, they were squeezing things in my hands. So I've always been obsessed with hands and the, the appendages. Um, saying, what, what would I do without these these things? And so since since a kid, I've always drawn. But it, yeah, I've always drawn and sculpted. I've always sculpted. I've always loved clay. And yeah, I've sort of it's 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 therapeutic. The instant, it's always been in my yeah, life. The making, the instant of the making. Yeah like sort of performing and dressing up and entertaining. And so, yeah, there was that element and that it then went into, into the art side. And when was it you realised you wanted to be an artist? Uh, I suppose when I decided to go to Walsham Price College to do the Art Foundation when I was um, in my 20s. The, I sort of did it because I wasn't quite sure what to do. My boyfriend yeah. at the time was a really great artist and... Um, I was doing a lot of drawing and stuff with him and life drawing classes. So it was it was then. And then from there, um, I went to Camberwell and moved to Camberwell and studied there for three years in silversmithing and metalwork and sculpture. And I think that course closed down. A lot of them closed down. Which piece that you've created has got the strongest emotional connection? Gosh, DNA Dale 90, which sits on the line sculpture trail, art yeah, line, line art trail, the line London. 
that's that's one of my favorite pieces because it's had a life of its own I made that in 2000 um, with a supermarket for a charity they were representing at the time muscular dystrophy and it was very poignant it had been 50 years since the discovery of the DNA double helix by Crick and Watson um, and Rosalind Franklin she didn't get the recognition no. but she's sort of getting it now right yeah <laughs> another, another rewriting of history um, it was 20 it was uh, so it comprises 22 shopping trolleys arranged into the shape of a double helix it's one rotation of a helix so it's mm. a single helix yeah it's not a double because uh, the the double would be it would be um 20 meters high it's yeah. ten, 10 meters high it sits on the you can go and view it on the line arch row. it's down at cody docks deep east near stratford in london um, which is if you don't mind me interrupting that's where we was gonna record this originally yes. wasn't it last yeah. summer yeah, we um, must go down there. It's beautiful. It's got to be done. It's a really lovely spot. So I'd made it in 2003, I think, was the 50 years anniversary of the of the double helix, of mm. the discovery of the double helix, which, of course, has revolutionized our lives and science yeah. and, and, and diagnosis of conditions and where it's brought us in medicine. And that's when I made it at the time, 2003. It's like everybody's had their hands on a shopping trolley. It's, yeah. it's, it, it, that was it. It was, like it was something that comes to hand. We're all familiar with. It's an iconic um, piece of um, design. It's uh, everything about it. They're, they're really great objects when you look at the shopping trolley. Yeah. So I wanted to use, I'd always wanted to use this, this, this inner work of art. And so I worked with a supermarket at the time called Summerfield and I sort of convinced the press officer that could we make a double helix from shopping trolleys, even though that, <laughs> that supermarket didn't really use shopping trolleys. Um, <laughs> and he was like, that would be brilliant. So I made three. I made a small, a tiny maquette, which was about three feet high. It's beautiful. Yeah. Uh, stainless steel. <clears throat> All of the engineers I contacted this company, one company called Vonzor, which is a German shopping trolley manufacturer and uh, spoke to the press officer there and they said yes well actually we've got some miniature ones that all of the engineers have to make before they go into oh, yeah, trolley yeah. shopping trolley yeah. manufacturing and production so they sent me them They're absolutely beautiful little pieces so this this sculpture still exists I can't believe nobody bought it it's um it's it's really unique and it's stainless steel and it's a really great piece I'm kind of Where glad I do have that oh you've got it I've still got it. Yeah, nice. it's with pangolin and it sits on a stainless steel base. So it reflects itself all the way up. And so it was made as the original maquette um, to see how we're going to make the next size up. Yeah. Then I made a secondary one that was going to be the touring piece for the supermarket. They were going to take around various cities and just, that stood about four meters high. So that was still 22 miniature ones. Yeah. And then get shown the, outside a conference. Uh, yes, it did. Yeah, yeah. When they were talking of DNA or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, they did. And um, Francis Crick and James Watson, the two scientists, James Watson, but he came along to cut the ribbon when it was in Newcastle. This is Excellent. the big sculpture. And he said, it's, it's only one rotation. It should be two for the double helix so it's that well there you go you know maybe one day storm <laughs> king sculpture park in new york just outside new york we'll we'll want to do the full double helix with with shopping carts oh, um, be cool. 
Yeah, but so so I was able to do that because of the supermarket. But as we know, you know, it's it's all down to funding and patron, patrons and and how in, to enable to enable things to happen. Which is why I love working in in sort of industrial materials that I can get get quite far myself, cutting out you, the middlemen. What is it you do to relax? I walk. I'm not walking enough. I'd I went for a walk with. Uh, two week last weekend um on the coast and to a beautiful lighthouse at linton and it oh it's just so exhilarating i used to do a lot of walking you know we're, we're, well what what do we do to relax in the days of covid it's walking i love swimming i'm not doing enough of that i was drinking lots i used to relax drinking but i decided to knock it on the head a bit because you was relaxing uh, lock, a bit too much <laughs> lockdown yeah drinking and eating in covid was the best way to relax um i yeah as as with most of the nation i'd gained uh, an extra couple of stone so uh so now what i'm doing to relax is is getting that i've i've lost i've lost most of it again but Bloody hell, it's hard. It's hard losing. Jesus, that was easy to put on <laughs> in those five months. Um, so, yes, just try and stay healthy. Have a go. If there was you and five other artists, past and present, what would your ideal group show be? Um, I've got Fiona Banner in my in my head. I'm loving yeah. her granite four stops she's been doing. She's, she's, she's a great artist. Um, another one, I love MC, MC Llamas. MC's heads are great. Have you seen her Polaroids? Yes. I love the Polaroids. Love the Polaroids. I love MC. She's good stuff. Yeah, she's great. Um, I would like Rebecca Horn. Yeah. And Eva Hess, I'm, you know, I'm running out of space, aren't I? What have I got? So we're doing the COVID dinner party, aren't we? Of six. You're not no. allowed any more than six. <laughs> um, Excellent. So, uh, so I've actually run out because I'd like 12, but I've got two. What have I got? I've got Fiona. I've got MC. I've got Eva Hess. I've got, who else did I say? Rebecca Horn. God, I love Rebecca Horn. She's, oh, She's and great. I'm going to bring a man into the mix. What's that one? Two? I'm going to have David Smith okay he's an iconic uh american sculptor he started as a welder i just adore his work i can really relate to it um who have i got so there's um well that is five but you can have another one because of the group of six well then i'm gonna have andy warhol as well to excellent to mix he's, the, he's the most popular on here is he Very well then so. i'm not having him <laughs> <laughs> okay if I, I would like andy warhol but i'd also like um you know okay, I'll have Ma- Max Ernst. Okay. I'll have Max Ernst. Um that's bad because I'm sure there's some contemporaries. And of course yourself, Gary. Hey, I'm, I'm gate crushing. I'll leave a gate crash. Three men and three women. I'll be on the door. I'll curate You'll have it. to be the host. <laughs> yeah, I'll curate it. And as you've just seen, your five today will be different tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, well. Because I've already thought, you know, Dan Chadwick's mobiles are, are stunning. So yeah. he could sort of he can be hiding up on the ceiling, and it's not until you you look up, you go, oh, and his that's what's so beautiful about his work. So he could he could he could get in there as well. There's the too many. A bit too far. So, now. but maybe I could uh, they could curate the show. Um, Jane Simpson curated an amazing show, one of my favourites, and it was Daddy Pop with uh, oh another friend who I'd have as well, Sarah Statton who's another oh, yeah. artist, yeah. Jane, Jane and Sarah curated a show and it was all part of the Henry Moore Leeds Foundation. 
and it was called Daddy Pop and it was your art father. And I loved yeah. it. I absolutely loved the, 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 the context of the show. I've, I've got the catalogue. And um, I was her studio assistant at Cubit Arts for a while. Excellent. So great, great respect for Jane Simpson. Well, when I um, first started this, I did ask her then, which was like over two years ago, if she'd be on it. And there's a fair few artists that I asked and haven't actually got round to to record yeah oh that. she'll do it you must you must but i expect your list is extensive like this dinner party isn't it, it so how do you get your so. funding and stuff how do you how do you keep this baby rolling myself yeah i bought the equipment yes i just fund it myself you know it, it's my time i do it when i'm not working but the thing is have a go i love speaking to artists anyway and yeah. this is my way of being able legitimately to use you for an hour steal an hour off you you know and I, I wouldn't have that opportunity otherwise with all of these artists that I've spoke to you know because of course uh, you're an artist yeah, you're I'm making doing, your work but yeah, we know how right. hard it is selling art as well so at the moment. sort of the consistency isn't it of, of, yeah. of having some cash coming in and there well it is it's, it's a great thing to have to have as a, sort of when you're in isolation and mm. To have that input, your work's great. This is an amazing platform. Been listening to the going on the podcast. There's there's so many, which is why I would have thought that it'd be interesting to see this on because of your background, because of who you are. And I think that's why people open up to you as well, because you're not like um, uh, the, the, the regular art critics, are you? And you, you've not got that background. And But for me, that's it's your enthusiasm and passion which makes me want to do this with you because it's so it's, it's, it's interesting. Well, there's an amazing program. I've got, I've got to listen to it again. It's a leading um, QC who's worked in the prison service for 40 years. Is I don't know if he's still in it, or, but he was saying, you know, how broken it is. And I've thought of you when they were talking about it. And it's just like, you know, it, it ain't working. The prison mm. service ain't working. You can't expect people to go to prison and be rehabilitated. That doesn't work. And this is the thing that interests me with this whole pedagogical education. This does work. You give people a good environment. You give them materials. You give them respect. You give them good food. It's sort of the Maslow's hierarchy of needs. That, yeah. And all of these things I'm learning about, I didn't know. And it's like, God, it's so interesting. I didn't study psychology or sociology. I was English, art, photography, it's it's such an interesting subject and we you know the the world is broken we've got to fix it so it's you know that's why I think it's it's really interesting your angle where you're coming from that I, I we want to see more of you and this is what you're saying and doing on the on the on the sky arts and stuff like that so I think it's changing I just think it's just a matter of, of time you just you know well, funnily enough this when I changed the next this used to be called the Mizog art podcast oh, only yes. because I was doing a lot of different things so, and yeah. I wanted to put them underneath one umbrella and so I've just come up with this name because I was doing some stuff with people in the city so I thought our oh, ministry of arts would be quite a good um but as soon as I changed the podcast over my listenership went down 50 percent right and I, and I had people thinking that I was a government body <laughs> yeah I know I even right. had those there was this art group who was moaning about art funding and they was including me in it, having a pop at me about like, you know, their, their college not getting enough funding. And I contacted them. I said, look, have a look at my, have a look at me. I'm just, I'm this ex-prisoner, you know, 
Yeah, oh my I'm, God! Well, there you go. It's still at those levels if people are associating that term. Yeah. So that's that's the thing because actually the art world is still small, and you know you go. Oh, so here you go. This is an interesting one. Go my on. daughter, she's at a grammar school. They had a debate in her school in the art class. They're saying there's absolutely no point to art galleries. And all you need to do nowadays is look on Wikipedia and download an image and copy it. So one of the girls said, well, I mean, it's just nonsense, isn't it? I went to an exhibition. It was just two pink planks leaning up against the wall with a pom-pom. And Beatrice went, but did you understand the context of the work? And did you look into the work? And they were like oh, shut up, what are you, and it's just that you wouldn't have known that if you'd yeah. seen it in a, in a photograph, and well, what do you know about the artist that made the work, and she's being enough, or because of course, I've dragged her around art galleries all her life, course, but it's yeah. such a great thing to do for kids, I, I love churches, supermarkets, and art galleries, I see them all as the same they're thing. All, I was about to say, they're all pretty similar, <laughs> aren't they? I love being, you know, when you've always lived in small houses, flats, you go to these spaces and you just like you can just walk around with yeah. the pipe music or into the church with the beautiful music. I go to Gloucester Cathedral a lot, which isn't far. One of my biggest posts, or the one that got most recognition I ever done, was um, I come out of I was going to Tate Modern and I come out of St Paul's train station. And as I've come up, it was just getting dark. It was you know it's that beautiful light, the light hitting the top of St Paul's. So I took a picture of of like the the dome you know saying about yeah. this is where you know people go to to sort of pray and then as I'm walking across the the wobbly bridge I've took yeah. a picture of the Tate and I said well where I go to pray is is the one in front you know but that got, yeah, yeah. That, that got forward in forward did you know when it sort of just takes a life of its own online you know it does it's um it's it has because it, it it's not judgmental of the people going in anyone can go in and you don't have to look at art in art galleries. I mean, what's what's the average? I remember there was a, now it would have changed because this this was a trial over 10 years ago, the Tate Modern, that the average person spends less than a minute with each artwork. It's going to be, it's like, well, no, two minutes, two minutes then. Be interested to see what it is now. And then they swipe left. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my eyes have gone in lockdown because I've just yeah. been looking on my phone. But um, that's the great thing with the with the line, the line art trail where I've got the the, the, the trolleys are situated. It's the, and they're opening up at many um, riverways and, and putting art on them that this is all free. You can, you know, get on your bike, go down there. And it's in Stratford. So it's in quite a poor area. And Bow that I'm not sorry, not Bow. It's in Star Lane. So it's. Yeah, it's just in between um, the two, really, isn't it? Yeah. So, you know, but it's, it's that thing of getting those kids to go down there. But there's a whole um, wildlife area at, at Cody Dock. So they are bringing a lot more school children in and inclusiveness and multiculturalism because a lot of these kids' parents would never dream. Wouldn't it? When have they got the time to go to a gallery? They work yeah. every hour, God send. So, um, but it's, it's, it's a new way of looking, you know, a new vision for, for many people still. And it's, it's interesting. And it is that inclusiveness and that people think, well, I, people still think, only you know certain people do art and it's like no I've, I do art yeah and it's like do you and it's like yeah and then I show them out of there oh and you're quite good and it's like I'm really fucking good <laughs> <laughs> I'm not quite good well that's why I like my that's why I try to get my voice heard is for that self-same reason because if they hear someone with a cockney voice like this effing and blinding laughing and joking I'm not the stereotypical white male middle class 
60-year-old yeah. art. But we both take art very seriously, don't yeah. we? It's our lives. Yeah. It's It changed your life. It's changed my life. It's stopped both of us from doing crimes and uh, it stops, you know, I think it, it's, it's certainly, it certainly stops me from getting depressed. There are times when I've conceived myself and then it's like just just go for a walk, go and make some work, just get some drawings down, go and get a piece of mud. And it changes. And I think working with, with very young, depressed people, a lot of the, 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 the youngsters I'm working with, the students I'm working with, you've, you see them changing through therapeutic art and just mm. using their hands and being in the moment. To be in the moment, we've, we've lost the ability to look at things because it yeah. is all instantaneous. And I, I was blown away by Google Arts when I looked on that. It's like, look, I can be on the Taj Mahal. It is amazing. You can do that 3D thing looking around. Yeah. yeah from your living room it is great I love the 3D aspect but it's also it's almost that people say well you, you don't have to go anymore although to a degree I I agree with that as far as wildlife goes I went to the Galapagos last um last wow. spring and it was a chance of a lifetime and um it was I did feel guilty being there and I thought why am I here could it but to see the blue-footed boobies, yeah. to go and see the iguanas, to go and see the tortoises, to be in that environment. But I felt like I was imposing. But of course, that's the only way they're going to make money is through yeah. the tourism. Yeah. So it's it's a double-edged sword, isn't it? Um, and actually, it's quite lucky because not many people can afford to go to the Galapagos. And, you know, speaking to people from Brazil and saying, you know, there's not much rainforest left in Brazil. Of course, there is. Mm. No, and they're saying these 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 inner cities, we, 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 we have people coming from Brazil to the college where I work and they're saying it's um it's very concrete jungles more so now and um sort of shanty towns that are happening Scary shit, isn't it? and yeah everyone's just encroaching because there's too many people now and we're all so it's we've got to change we've got to change and we can you know we can and we we can all live together how long were you away for what period 94 to 2001 wow yeah so seven years out of the 14 yeah. that I got and did were you start were you doing art there were you studying art in prison um, that's where i on? discovered it i didn't you know i'd never done art before of course because you said you wrote the letters didn't you wrote the letters. The i'm sure jane was one of them as well that i wrote she would have been she was at that time she was you know she was in the in in the press of uh, one to watch uh, uh, the the academy out of 32 letters that i sent of of the artists that i discovered that day I got 28 replies back. Now that That's tells amazing. you something about your artist, yeah. doesn't it? Because I could have been, I could have been a murdering rapist for all anyone knew. Do you know what I mean? I mean did Marcus that, Harvey? Did Marcus Harvey yeah, give that to you? Marcus was but one of, course, of the first. I would imagine he would with the Myra. He was this criminal. Yeah, well, he was. Uh, he, I knew three artists, and that was Myra. Uh, sorry, Marcus. <laughs> <laughs> I knew Marcus because my, my, yeah. <laughs> I knew Marcus. <laughs> Seeing her whilst you're in prison. <laughs> I knew Marcus because of Myra, because that was in the papers. Yeah. I knew Damien because he was Damien. Yeah. I knew knew of, rather. And yeah. I knew of Tracy. And they were the only artists out of all of that group that I'd ever heard of. And yeah. so when I wrote to them, I had no idea if they was at the first rung of the ladder or near the top, you know. Well, and of course, they were all both of those things, weren't exactly. they? Because it just took off so, yeah. well, the so first, fast. The first letter I got back was um, Sarah Lucas and um, Angus Fairhurst. They was a couple at the time, so I got a joint letter. Oh, with, Angus, yeah. With two lots of um, with two lots of books and catalogues and stuff. And Angus 
was the one that I become closest with when I got out. Because whenever we'd sort whenever I'd bump into him, he'd always asked if I'd go for a coffee or for a beer. And I didn't realise at the time that he was, you know, he was suffering himself. No. But he would we would sit and talk and he'd just ask me about being in jail. And we would talk about mental health, you know, about how I used to help people in there and that's because I was looking up to him, I, I wasn't really taking in what he was saying. I was I was just absorbing everything, but not really taking much notice of what he was saying. But so many times I bumped into him and we would just go and, and have a beer and a coffee. And it wouldn't be for like 10 minutes. It would be for like two hours, you know, just chatting. Yeah, yeah. And, um, That's amazing. Yeah, Gavin was the second one to reply. Gavin Turk. Good old Gavin, yeah. And, and then, Deborah, they're lovely. And then it was... Um, whoever after that but I know them two were the first and then it was Marcus Gary Hume was a massive one he stayed he'd send me bits and pieces throughout my sentence you know yeah they they changed my fucking life Abby you know yeah amazing my life and that's what I was saying they did they did and you know that's the thing go on yeah what you said I was about to say I've got I've got kids now that wouldn't be the children they are if it wasn't for these artists because I'd still be the same person but because of these artists who wrote to me and gave me a new lease of life, got good care. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's true. It's true. Yeah, my kids. I don't like to brag, but they are good kids. They do, you know, not not that they're perfect kids. They're certainly naughty and whatever else. But but they're, you, you know, you can take them places. You know, I'm, and it is. It's because you teach them to see things, yeah. and they, yeah. you know, you want to. But unfortunately, now I'm struggling with the with the iPads with my son. But I've, yeah, that's the next battle. But now I've got to spend more time with him because I've not. I've been so obsessed and busy. I know what it is. I've allowed him that time on the screen. It's like, no, I've not before. I mean, I was, I've always given them so much time and spent so much time with them. And that's what makes a difference to a yeah. kid. You give a kid time and you listen to them and you talk to them. And, and you also, because of the lockdown, you know, before I always had my mom and my aunt around, they've both got conditions, they're elderly. They're, they're in London. They can't come down anymore. They've not been able to see the kids. And it was, I was speaking to Margot this morning and, I, and it hit me and it was just like a world up. And it's like, you know, I can't see my mum anymore. She comes yeah. over, she can sit in the garden. She's got a heart condition and rheumatoid arthritis. But no, they'd come Same and have the mine. kids. They're obsessed with my kids. They love them. And they're, you know, they, they, they spend it's so much time. It's as, as hard for them as it is for Yeah, for you, so now right? we've got to set up the Zooms and stuff and get them talking to them on Zoom. Because it, it is, you know, we might not like it, but this is a good medium. I'm sitting here yeah, talking to you now. Exactly. And it's like we're in the same room to a degree. It is, isn't it? Mm. So we know. I mean, of course it's not, but it's the best we're going to get so you have to you do have to make the most of it and I think we are all we've we've got to start to adapt to a bit of wartime spirit you yeah. know we have it makes to it a lot easier for me to do these podcasts that's for sure yeah exactly I know I've did so I've done so much work in lockdown it was brilliant oh isn't it awful I'm like are you joking <laughs> the best days of my life <laughs> talking of um talking of which what would you do if you wasn't an artist probably like a a scrapyard you can't get them now I'd always dreamt I used to spend a lot of time in scrapyards of course now it's all changed again because of the the poisons in in the environment so everything's got to be sent off to here there wherever not a rubbish dump I wouldn't want to be it's not I'm 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 talking about an old school scrapyard with metal and good old metal um and but but it would be on the on the front of it would be a lavender farm 
So you walk through the lavender farm <laughs> up into the scrapyard. That's so some I'd juxtaposition, like isn't it? The lavender and and the scrap, and then I I just adore lavender. I mean, I've got yeah. heaps of it. There's always lavender. Uh, my cousin cha- trained in aromatherapy, and she sort of heals you with various yeah, um, yeah. plant essences. And lavender's just just been a winner for me. I absolutely adore it. I love the smell. I love the plants. And I've, I'm not a very good gardener, but I can grow lavender. And it just pleases me so yeah, much. Nice. And all the bees, the bees are attracted to the lavender. Well, I don't think lavender there's lavender be, honey. <laughs> I was going to say, sorry, I don't think there's going to be many people who will appreciate both areas of lavender and scrapyard. There's, yes. You know, there's going to be you and several other people who will appreciate both. Yeah, yeah. Um, so with yeah, with, with all the gear that goes with the scrapyard, you know, the things that lift the cars, yeah. the big yeah, magnetic, yeah, yeah. and all those really dangerous. Um, yeah, you don't see them anymore. You can't go onto scrapyards anymore. No. That will stop, didn't it? I used to yeah. spend a lot of time in scrapyards. Um, so I think that was when I was living in Devon and I couldn't go to the galleries and I'd sort of make my own version of a gallery and I'd be spending so and they they, they knew me and they they just let me walk around and I'd just go and where's our wheelbarrow she can go off so um, yes yeah I think some, some nature and what if I wasn't doing I'd put yeah two days teaching <laughs> no more when I, when I teach three days is pushing it yeah. Four days I turn really nasty. <laughs> so you don't, you've sent me over the edge. Yeah, full time teacher, I'm, you're going to be I a crank, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, those two days it's okay because it's like, and I come in and I say to them, so I don't start till Wednesday or something. And then I go, hi, morning, how was your weekend? And they all look at me and go, what are you talking about? It's, it's Wednesday. But <laughs> 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 well, it wasn't four days long like yours. <laughs> it's just gonna go on and on forever um have you got coming up well not much really i mean i'm trying to oh there's a big thing happening in croatia but it's with a hotel um it's a great space with a friend who's um been asked to curate a show over there and I've got quite a few existing works from my exhibition Phallus in Wonderland. So really well made pieces. I mean, I had to do recently get all the the costings, logistics and things. And it's like, oh, crikey, there's actually 40 grand's worth of art here um, that I've got to send over. So these I'm learning this now. It's all the logistics of art, just the packaging, because, of course, before it was the galleries that I was working with that did all of that side. Yeah. Um, you'd have an exhibition of the gallery. Had they'd it too it easy. Send it off. Had it too easy. So now <laughs> I'm just doing that. Um, and my coursework, I'm on year two of my teaching diploma. Excellent. Um, so, and it, that's really quite a lot of work. In fact, my first essay that I've got to do a bit of mind map. I love mind maps. Um, I've got to do the, the, the mind map on the pedagogic um, education and and it's pros and cons so I'm looking forward to writing that and I'm doing um MC contacted me about something I'm sorry um, the thing with MC is that to do with the collaboration I'm on that who are you collaborating with Lee Ainsworth we do the um we do the face value thing you know that the exhibitions I was putting on yeah um, Lee and I organize organize those so yeah he's, he's me art wife as my other half calls him Right. So, yeah, so Lee and I are collaborating on that. Oh, good. I haven't 
I haven't decided yet who I'm going to collaborate. I've got nice. there's a few I've got in mind that I've got to approach. But um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about that. There's a big issue auction. Nice. So I'm 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 preparing something for them, which will be uh, I think that's in November. Oh, gosh, I don't know. I could uh, maybe it's not. And then Lee Sharrock, you know, Lee Sharrock, yeah. she's curator. She contacted there's a, so quite a lot of um, auctions going on at the moment. And then but that's it's more than I can handle right now because with with everything else going on I know my um capabilities and I want to just sort of get this year done and dusted because of course this time next where are we July it will be finished then I have to do this sort of three-month QTS thing um so I want to just be able to function work along with that kids 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 um doing stuff with 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 my children getting them through school there's a lot going on with them. Uh, single parent, I've got a lot to do. It's just like, yeah, there's there's a lot to do with them. My daughter's got a condition, so spend quite a lot of time in hospital with her doing stuff. Um, so it's just, I'm, I, I can't, you give me two balls. I, I can't keep two balls in the air. <laughs> so one, oh, there you go. I'll tell you a great one I did, uh-huh. which was years ago for um, the Idler. Tom Hodgkins from the Idler contacted me and it was called was called absolute oh, art holes and it was sponsored by absolute vodka and oh, yeah. they wanted every artist to make an artwork <coughs> so i made this piece and it was at the time of the pants so i made this piece and it was a, i got a male mannequin i made this in my studio got a male mannequin cut out his tummy and then the balls the, the golf balls are painted to look like testicles and and then I put on a mannequin, female mannequin's hand was the T. Nice. So you had to put the balls, the testicles in the female mannequin's hand. And then you had to whack the balls and get his balls to drop in the pants. And he had a pair of my wife runs, who was wearing my wife runs, lie back and think of England. And you had to get the balls into the belly, totally doable, and get his balls to drop. And so the idea was to get two balls to drop. Excellent. And it went off to, um, what's the big Glasgow festival? Tea in the Park. Yeah. yeah. And it was a huge hit at Excellent. Tea in the Park. And it, and it was in um, Covent Garden. But that was one of my finest works. And you know what I got paid? I think I got paid 100 quid on a bottle of vodka oh, from Absolute. That, yeah. that was, and then, you know, as you send it up, you went, Oh my God, that's so good. I wonder what happened to them. And you had to sort of sign it off to them. Of course, time has passed. I think I'd probably own that artwork again. But Mind um, you, both of those yeah. would come in handy over lockdown, wouldn't they? The under- yeah, and they would. The bottle of vodka. <laughs> <laughs> and getting their balls to drop. Yeah. yeah, and that in the back garden, yeah. doing well, your little... <laughs> Abigail, where can anyone see your work, be it online or social media? um social media just look my name abigail fallis it's on Artnet and google me and pangle in london and where else i'm oh i'm doing i'll tell you what i've got coming up but again in my own time i don't know we're hoping we've got to get funding i need arts council funding or sort of some some funding it's a big project it's a big outdoor project and it's involving shopping trolleys uh, but local craftsmen in Somerset it's very exciting and schools and but of course it can be social distancing everything you do now has to bear that in mind yeah, uh, yeah. so that's coming up with um, what was formerly the Bruton Art Fair oh, yeah. with nice. her about doing stuff and the, this particular project um, and then um, can see my work on the line which is the, the, the my amazing sculpture the uh, double helix and um 
Instagram is the latest platform, isn't it? We're all using. And mm-hmm. I'm thinking of setting up a Shopify shop, but I was looking at that today whilst I was waiting to get onto the Art Car Boot Fair. And it's, I'm just not very good with these things. So it's going to, I'll probably have to get my daughter to help me with that. But I think I, w- I want to do an art shop because now sort of I'm seeing galleries are closing left, right and centre. And I think we're, you know, we're in a, we're back in a time where we are doing it for ourselves. Yeah. So it's, it's good. I've not seen well, there's Etsy, before. but I think a lot of my work is the, the, you know, the costs are very high. You see, that's the other thing you've, you've always got to, you've got to be quite, true and political which hasn't really helped me within the art world in that um you know I've got pieces that are on, uh, up for sort of six at the trolley I don't know what the it was up for sort of 60 grand um the, the most expensive piece I've ever sold was one of my fish at 18,000 so I've got pieces that the head various other ones there's ones higher than that higher than that and yet now I'm making I want to make affordable art but I still am making these pieces at a hundred pounds. I've been selling mm. today on Insta on, on Art Car Boot. I wanted everything to be. I miss out. I wanted to do my own sort of pound shop gallery. So I wanted everything to be within that figure. Yeah, so it's hundred pounds. Yeah. You know, I know. I know myself that actually, oh crikey, I, I've I've not got a hundred quid spare this month. Um, mm. I couldn't buy that. You know. But what I do do is, but what I always did, what I loved about the Art Car Boot. I'd go around, I could swap a, one of Gavin's books for uh, one of my pieces and I'd do yeah. loads of swapping. So I'd come back with a booty of art yeah, nice. um, that I'd swapped at the end of the day. So, and also good for Christmas presents and stuff like that. So I like to keep it really affordable, uh, but know that I'm also in the high end of, of art selling as well, but it's just just clearly not, not, yeah, it's, it's not selling hard. enough. It's hard, yeah, because you can't have them bleeding into each other, can you? Yeah. So someone said, yeah, no, that you can't do Etsy for that reason yeah. because your work's going to always be higher than the than than what people will be spending on Etsy. Yeah. Um, which is yeah. So so I want some. That's why I was looking on Shopify, and it sort of says between zero to five grand. So I'm sort of going in at that. But you can always up it if I'm putting a trolley sculpture yeah. in there. Um, I can I can put that on as well, sort of thing. So. Yeah. Yeah, How yeah. Hard, going back to where you was just saying about funding, what's the limit of funding you can get from like lottery funding and or ACE funding? Is it endless oh, or it's endless? But you know, that's the whole thing why, as well, I'm doing this um diploma because it's it's a degree level in teaching, is is to know. You know, once once I have that, and I know I'm teaching, but they sort of want to see the qualifications, you can you're open to a lot more. If yeah. you're bringing community and you have, uh, you know, I've, I've got experience. I've been, I've been working in education again yeah. for 10 years. So all of that, the more you're linking to education, community, inclusion, all of this, you're ticking, you've got to tick all the boxes. And just put in the process <laughs> of requiring it, putting a, a, a big installation together, which is going to be about 50 to 60 grand. Um, this one's a bit bigger. And this is to do with like a changing of a law. Um, and I'm hoping that you know that I'll get it from that. What the exhibition is about the subject of a changing of a law. Pretty much. Oh, well, the, this is why you've got to listen to this. I'm gonna. I'll track it down for you. This guy that's saying it's so broken, and he's now starting to fight against it. And he always went with it. Right, Abigail. That's all my questions asked. Thank you so much for your time. You too. It's been brilliant. Thank you. See you later, okay. darling. Bye bye. Right. See Thank you later. You. Bye. Thank you. I'm gonna press stop.
Oh man, I know I say this at the end of most podcasts, but I absolutely loved recording this one. You know when an artist says their favourite piece of work is one they've just finished? Well, I pretty much feel like that with these podcasts. And what I love about Abigail is, not only is she extremely passionate about her own work and craft of blacksmithing, but the fact that she so readily wants to pass that on to other people. As I think we mentioned on here, she's a regular at the Art Car Boot Fair, where she was selling those banana sculptures called Comedienne that she mentioned. You can go and see them for yourself over on her Instagram page, which is Abigail Fallis Art. Give her a like and say hello and a, and a follow if you're not already. So, like I say every week, on whichever platform you're listening to this podcast, you should be able to leave a comment. And if you could do that, that really would help us get noticed and anybody else looking for an art podcast. So, thanks for listening and until next week, ta-da! I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.